Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein-Kay and Jamie Klein-Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome to Shared Universe, Eaton Town. I kind of wish we were. I kind of wish we were in the Asbury location this morning. It's kind of rainy today, though, so we'll have to save it for a sunny, a sunny day. day. And we have our friends here that um, came down from our old stomping grounds of Bergen County, and I'm excited to have them. Uh, Jamie's dance team mate, mate. Is that what you call it? I guess. So. I've been dreaming of of J Lo's backup <laughs> backup dancer since Sunday night. So I will. You guys could practice. Me and Nicole today. might could, just like start getting into routine in a can, moment. We can learn the choreo. <laughs> I think we could do it. You could do it. And also, I just want to take a moment before we let our guests today introduce themselves and say hi to Maris. Hi, Maris. Hi. Maris hi, is our hi. social media maven, and today is her one-year anniversary with us. So happy anniversary, With Maris. the Dreamcatchers, and most importantly, with Choice Associates. And she came down. She's never been in the studio, so we're welcoming her here today. Um, and then with that said, today is a what we call a what's your story. And I actually think probably we could have done either one of our focuses for you all, but I think the combination of your background is more appropriate for what's your story, which is basically where we do like a swan dive into your past. And we spoke a, a few minutes off air, guys, and I'll, I'll make sure that I um, bring in some of the questioning that I just did before we were on the mic because it's fun. Um, because these two ladies have a fantastic story and career, and I can't wait to hear how they met and all that jazz. So um, without much further ado, why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, Christine, starting with you. Sure. Um, so I'm Christine Deer. I'm the founder of K-Deer Activewear. Um, going on about 10 years in business, and it all started... Back in my childhood bedroom, uh, I worked in the city, lost my job because of the recession, and uh, found yoga, or yoga found me, I should say. Mm -hmm. And as I started practicing Bikram, um, the hot practice was uh, just brutal on clothing. So mm -hmm. I wore one pair of shorts. There were my soccer shorts that I used to wear underneath my like big, bulky shorts. And they finally gave out. And I was like, shit. Were you in the middle of a class when they gave out? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I realized Whoops, like my tush was falling yeah. out. It was overstretched. And I was like, I need to make my own stuff. And so my sister was a swimwear designer. She ah. she designed the prints that go on mm -hmm. the fabric of, of Repeats and of patterns. Mm -hmm. We're familiar. Ned yep. graphics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she had always kind of collected fabric. And I had this stash I was like, use fabric that is meant to get wet. 
because you walk into a hot yoga room and it's like you've jumped into a pool of your own sweat for about mm -hmm. an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So made a pair of shorts and it kind of had to follow a few guidelines. Like I, I didn't want to feel pinched in. I didn't want to feel bulky. I didn't want to be distracted. So this one little pair of shorts ended up like changing my life. And I realized well, maybe other people might want their life changed too. So I shared it with teachers. I shared it with other students. And eventually it was like, I think I got something here and started the brand essentially. At the same time, I became a hot yoga teacher. I did my teacher training with Jimmy Barkin down in South Florida, where I lived on the beach for a month, did two hot yoga classes a day, and it was heaven. It was wonderful. Let's take a moment and I'll go back there really fast. Yeah, like just close your eyes. <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> I'm more so thinking hey, about what, how old you were at that time. Like, I was say, like 20, 20 24 going on. I, I graduated on my 25th birthday, and that was pretty much the birth of K-Deer. Because as I was away, I had I had already posted a few items for sale up on Etsy. Mm. Oops, sorry, I'm squeaky. Um, and two pairs of shorts were sold. And my first customer was Jean Caliuger, and she was from South Florida, actually. And I like that you know her name. Yeah. And Jean and I stayed in touch and were pen pals, and we gifted each other at Christmas time and for our birthdays. And she was a big part of my journey of realizing, like, like the community was so strong and so loving and so welcoming to me. And so um, in my first year of business, um, I taught yoga at night. I took classes. And during the day, I'd put an Ikea tabletop on my bed and I'd hand cut and sew shorts. I got down to 11 minutes a short. And a good projection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'd ask you that on Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah they would. Hand, hand cut and sewn. And then I would package them up, hand write the addresses out, and take them to the post office and do the whole thing. And the customer service, the marketing, the social media, everything. And I used Facebook mostly uh, to begin with. The Facebook when you graduated Facebook. college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To reach people and to kind of collect this community because the Bikram folks were all obsessively connected because Bikram is the same exact thing everywhere you go in the world. Yeah. So one person loved it in Arizona, shared it with their friend who was teaching in Australia, who shared it with their friend who was teaching in Paris, who shared it with their friend who was teaching in New York. And it, a, was, a, a, it was beautiful. A micro-influencer and mm -hmm. also a, an organic community. Uber organic. Prior to pre, pre, predating anybody using mm -hmm. those terminologies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and you think about Orange Theory and all these things that are now big fitness people mm -hmm. or brands and they were honoring the trend or not even the trend the pattern or mm -hmm. the theory behind Bikram is it is the same series of poses yes and it's used everywhere so if you do a Bikram series in South Florida and your friend does a Bikram series in New York on the same day you've done virtually the same series Right. Um, that's incredible. I love that story. Wait, and we're going to get to a lot of that stuff in a minute. And I I'm, I love hearing that First started of all, you have, in your childhood bedroom. Hold. Oh, you have a very good speaking voice. Yeah, great speaking voice. Thank you. Love it. Does, when you teach, have people told you that? That you're soothing? People think that I'm like English or something because I, I have great non-regional diction. Except I, for a few minutes ago. Except for a few yeah. minutes. You said Kwana. Kwana. Before we got on the line. Kwana. Yeah. Can't say it. Yeah. Can't say it. It's like yeah. Jersey. It's like I've you had like four gin and tonics. And yeah. I'm like, what's up? So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I, I love my shavasanas and my dharma talks in the beginning of class. Yeah. I, I, I hope people enjoy my voice. Do you still teach? I do, once a night. Or Tuesday nights. So tonight I teach one class. And it, like, 
revives me and it grounds it, it, me. Yeah, and it reminds you where you come from. It keeps me um, accountable mm-hmm. because I can't teach what I don't. I can't preach what I don't what I don't practice. Yeah, sure. So in in walking in and doing a Dharma talk. I'm telling you about my depression. I'm telling you about, you know, the really the relationship with my mom. I'm telling you about the shit that went down at work. Like I am being real so that you get an idea that like uh, you can work I, through I, your shit together. I, I, yeah. I know you. I get you. I'm mm-hmm. with you. You're not alone. And yeah. that's the thing that keeps coming up and and Nicole and I talked about this. It's so important to know that you're not alone. And I think that um teaching yoga is my way of saying like we're in this together. So, and where do you that. teach? I teach at a studio called Fire Shaper. Oh, yeah. It used to be um, the old school hot yoga in New Jersey. And then it was a Bikram studio at first. And then it evolved as... as they have evolved. Hot Yoga New Jersey had a location in Hoboken, I feel like? No. No? No, they were... They were uh, Westwood, North Heldon, Rutherford. Got it, got it, got it. I would go. That's why. I mm-hmm. remember I would go, I would drive from Hoboken to a location. Oh, wow. And Fire Shaper um, was, is purely yoga? Yeah. Well, they do like, you know, that their burn class has the weights and yeah. some sure. of that stuff. But um, basically, it's they still do the Bikram series. They do an hour version of it and, and then variations of like the bargain method and stuff like that. I love that. Right. And Nicole, yes. welcome. Hi. Thank you. Tell us about you, my friend. Well, <laughs> I'm Nicole Stelge. And I am the marketing manager for KDR. I've been on board with Christine since October of last year. And it has been very life-changing for me coming from a decade plus of working in the very corporate fashion accessories world to now working for Christine. Um, you know, we have a small team and I think we just kick ass like on a daily basis. <laughs> totally everybody, do. I like that. Everybody comes in. Everybody is doing their job, and and there's such a passion behind what we all do mm-hmm. every day. And like Christine says, like she practices what she preaches, and she's got such a great way of bringing the team together. And we start our team meetings with a big deep breath, a big exhale, <laughs> and um, you know we just we. We go hard, but we go hard in a way like my my day is never just sat like, oh, when am I getting out of here? Yeah. Like, when is this over? I love it. It's It's been just so great that it's it's something I care about and I believe in the brand and I believe in what I'm doing. And I really believe in the mission and the message that Christina set forward. So. And I love that, and it's I want to hear changes. so much so about did you, the mission. Did you plan that that's you what you wanted her to say before she came? Yeah, in? right. Like those are her those are her message <laughs> points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Good all marketer. fairness, how lovely is that to hear from someone on your own team? It's it makes nice me not only feel grateful and blessed that like I have a team of people who are picking up empowered, yeah. special women and and one man, one fantastic guy. <laughs> love him too love him and and there's synergy there's alignment and it took you know quite some time to find the right fit and i feel like i have the dream team and it makes me feel really loved because they want to be here with me Mm -hmm. and they believe in what i believe and they all have their own personality and i give them a lot of freedom and i and i let them be very independent in their work Um, i'm not a micromanager 
But, you know, at the same time, I love the fact that we can all sit down and talk about our values. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that we can say on a Friday, fuck it, let's go get a beer mm -hmm. and, and sit there and have great conversation and then go back to work and get the rest of our, our day done and, and go home and feel like not only did I accomplish something, but I, I have a connection with the people that I get to spend. I'm a crashing lot of that time. next beer. If it's at the Iron Horse with a stuffed cheeseburger, I'm in. <laughs> Yum. We're all from Bergen County. We didn't mention that. We're all we're all from Bergen, and you know we we dream of where where we grew up. Although we yeah. love being by the beach now, but we're going to go into a little bit more about why you do what you do and how you got there. Um, I just want to thank. I just want to take a moment and thank Bridget Ripple who brought us back together because Bridget was on our social media panel at the tail end. Of last year and these girls heard it and saw it. Bridget, who's on the on our screen right now on wearing, the K Deer website. She's wearing the same pants I'm wearing. I'm yeah. just gonna let it I'm gonna No, just yours let are it the there. neon version. Hers are the OGs, I think, right? The no, colors. Oh, Hers are the Danish stripe. Yeah. Oh, yours, okay. All right. So, so I'm a little brighter. Yeah. So um Bridget um is obviously a friend of yours and you and you saw that and then ironically when Nicole reached out, I, I saw that she worked there, but Nicole and I go way, way back. Mm -hmm. We danced on the same dance team in high school, go OT. Yes. Um so the fact that you're here today and all of this full circle is just so awesome. We're so happy to have you both. Um, so just to start from the beginning, we, as Marissa mentioned, we have two arms of our podcast. One is what's your story and one is what's the word. What's the word we kind of um, came to when we started interviewing people who had a more, you know, um, untraditional trajectory of their career where they, you know, maybe quit their job late in life and started something new and inspire others by doing that. Or maybe they're a yoga teacher or something like that. But because you do kind of you have been doing the same thing and you kind of set your mind to something young and have been doing it since we found that what's your story and kind of how you got here is probably a better use of our time to talk to you about how you started from somewhere and then got to here and, and also Nicole, use your skills on the way. And Nicole has a more traditional trajectory, obviously working for the man, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or the amazing, you know, Dharma spitting <laughs> woman. Um, so I would love to talk to you both a little bit more about that. So how we start each conversation is um, being that we are the dream catchers and we're so much about chasing dreams and, and that dreams can change and what we all wanted to be when we grew up. So that's where we like to start. What did you want to be when you grew up um, and why? And we also like to find the synergy in what you say and what you actually are doing now. Because even though it may not be, you know, head of marketing for an athleisure brand, somewhere in there, being a dancer, all the things led you here. Um, so I'd love to start with you, Christine. What did you want to be when you grew up? What's your earliest memory of what you wanted <clears throat> to be besides the childhood bedroom? I think my, my first uh, realization of what I wanted to be was probably around five or six. I was raised in a very artistic home. Mm -hmm. My dad was a professional photographer. My mom was a print designer. She was super creative. And um, we had we didn't have a dining room in my house. We had an art room. So there was no traditional dining room. There was a place where we had a huge art table and markers and paint and pens and paper and construction paper and all the things that we could create out of. And I just wanted to make stuff. I wanted to use my hands and I wanted to make something so that I could give it to you and show you how much I loved you. That was that was all I wanted to do as a kid. And um, I have memories of making, you know, a, a, a dog house out of construction paper or um, cardboard and, and duct tape. I love duct tape. I was mm -hmm. the duct tape queen. 
Um, I made a pair of shoes out of the parquet flooring from, you know, the front of the house out of duct tape and parquet flooring and just made the straps and the shoes and it was a thing. And I finally discovered a big box of fabric in my in my attic that was my grandmother's. And I would use staples and duct tape to put the fabric together. And I made my mom a robe. And she hung it. She I don't know if she ever wore it, but she hung it in her closet. And I was so proud of the fact that my mother kept it. She kept everything. But there was something about the fact that she put it in her closet next to her other clothes that it was of value to her. And I realized that if, if anything, I was going to be a creator. I thought, maybe I'll be an engineer, right? An engineer that makes stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I found the fabric, I realized I want to make the thing that you can put on that you can that you feel good wearing. And then as I went through elementary school, I mean, if I was given a book report, I said, okay, I'll do the book report. But can I also make a life size version of Mrs. Trunchbull? (laughs) You know, can I make, you know, life size versions of these characters so that I can tell the story and that I can be visual and I can show and create so that you can see it and understand it better? So by the time I got to high school, I was probably in like four art classes. I stopped taking science and math by the time I was a junior and shot, like filled up my, my, my roster with anything that I could make stuff with and geared it all towards fashion. And um, I realized like I just that's that's what made my heart happy. That's what made me feel like most like myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure, I. I had other passions. I was a soccer player. I was a track like track star, soccer star, tore my ACL in high school. So that was kind of out the window, which was great because had I gone to school to play soccer, I would have never gone to school to do fashion. Sure. So I went to, I went to Syracuse University um, in their fashion design program, which is a, a phenomenal program because you learn, you learn everything soup to nuts. So I know how to pattern make. I know how to illustrate. I know how to sew. And by my senior year, I created a, a collection. I walked it down a runway. I put it on models. I designed the whole thing, created the whole thing from sample to to production, meaning like the actual garments that walked down the runway. And I won my senior award. That's so awesome. that was kind of like a huge accomplishment that I thought, wow, I'm going to go and work in the city for some great company. And once I got out of college, there was nothing out there. So I freelanced and I did as much as I could. Good. With whatever we tell our, I We tell our candidates all the time. Oh, my gosh. Don't be afraid to tempt. No. Yeah. And, and just tried it all. And, it's and like shopping. Yeah. You're yeah. just trying things out. Be like. Yeah. Yeah. And you're making money while you're looking. You sure are. Did yeah. you graduate in, 20, in 2008? 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Not amazing. Not amazing. Tough time. <laughs> but it was great because that forced me into having to try so many different things that I realized, oh, I like this. I don't like that. I love this. I don't love that. I don't want to be like her. I don't want to be like that boss that I had. Yep. But I, I do feel like I could do something. But I never thought that I would I own am my going own company. To, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to freeze frame what you yes. just said. Yes. And there's a snippet right there, yeah. Maris. Get that. Because get that. We we'll talk about why candidates. freelance is important. I mean, I've been on a soapbox talking about freelance for over a, a decade. Like, I was already doing this when you graduated. Yeah. So, you know, helping people try to figure it out, especially in fashion. Um, Sometimes you can just pick up a lot of stuff by being open-minded and out there. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see what you like. You can see what you don't like. It's, like I said, shopping. And as long as you don't put, I mean, if you take your ego out of it, it's Mm -hmm. amazing. 
Um, and it could turn into something more. I do think we're trending toward that um, culture now where it's more acceptable yes. to be that entrepreneur but it was or work a for yourself or freelance yeah. or not have benefits and not work full time. Well, they call, it a, they call it a gig economy. Yeah, That's a gig economy, thing. obviously. And I think that, you know, we're, we're getting towards that as a trend, I think, as we see candidates all the time a little bit more open-minded that, and honestly, not always the candidate, the parent, right? It's the candidate that says oh. to us, well, my mom thinks I should have like a full-time job with benefits. And I think we're starting to get to a point where people realize that that's hopefully um, mm. a an option for them. But before we go into a little bit more about what you're doing now and how you got there, I'd love to hear from you what you wanted to be when you grew up. Was it a dancer? I, of course. Yeah, it was. Yes. I wanted to be a prima ballerina on the stage and then quickly realized how hard that actually mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah, by the time I was probably about 11 or 12, I realized like I wanted to be a kid and not sure. be in a ballet studio from sunup to sundown. Um, but I still always hold on to my love of dance. Um, I have two young children. My daughter is starting her dance journey. She's in her third year of dance this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying not to be too much of a stage mom, but um, and I still incorporate it into my life. I coached cheerleading this year for the town peewee football team, which was really fun. And I still do it for fun and fitness. And I think a lot of the things you learn when you perform as a child and, and get up on stage, you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. and, and what you're able to accomplish and how you translate that into a professional career. I agree. So, you know, I think it's made me a perfectionist, unfortunately. <laughs> like every hair has to be in place, every toe is to be pointed. Yes. AKA, when I review a document, like that's kind of why I've become such a crazy person, I think, with certain things. And well, all the best ways. Yeah, and all it, the best it ways. It translated to my schoolwork. You know, yeah, I was I agree. always a straight A student. I was always very about my writing and how I spoke and, and my how language and, and, yeah. and how it looked and how I presented myself. And I think that all translated into the career path I took down the road. So. I agree. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So we talk a little bit, we talked a little bit already with Christine about um, her first jobs and stuff like that. We love to hear kind of, did you have internships, either of you? Like, how did you get to where you are? Obviously you went to a great school for what you wanted to do. Where did you go to school, Nicole? I went to Rutgers. Rutgers. Okay. Say, yeah. Part of it. Yeah. It's a Jersey <laughs> school. But doesn't small, have small yeah, Jersey small school. school. Yeah. Do you? Scarlet. No, you didn't, you didn't have, um, a fashion program there? There is. I don't think there is a fashion You weren't program. a fashion no, major. It wasn't, wasn't like you were learning all these fundamental no, skills at no. such an early age. I so was, how did you get into fashion? I was a communication major. And my initial interest, I wanted to be in PR, corporate communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I interned. Actually, I interned in Red Bank. Now, thinking back for a very, very small PR firm, it was like one guy and one mm-hmm. woman. Um, and they did PR for like tech companies and again this was like before social media like right so you're like pitching like the trade magazine yeah, exactly right? yeah. it was about when <laughs> excuse me when uh voice over ip became a thing where you could make phone calls through a computer and he represented a lot of brands that did that very dry stuff we just like got that the yeah other yeah uh-huh. and, he's laughing he's like i know that yeah. <laughs> like, i remember that but and then i started to realize yeah pr it's not you know the reality shows uh um what was that show the city yeah oh, oh yeah oh my god about, we were just talking about lizzie grubman and yes. um What's her name again? I just looked it up the other day. Uh, the girl that Whitney uh, Port worked for. Um, Kelly. Kelly Catrone. Kelly Catrone. Exactly. We were just talking about her the other day to her. And we were was, trying to help her understand yeah. who Lizzie Grubman was, mm-hmm. like, and what that meant. Like, 
that kind of elevated publicist name. Exactly. That when you and I were young and we were wanting to get into PR, like that was the goal. And like that, that was around that time. Trajectory. The early yeah. 2000s, the like celebutine peak, you know, Paris Hilton was everywhere. Totally. Everything was this super glamorous. Before the Kardashians. Before the Kardashians. And then you find out what PR really is. And it's, yeah. it's a lot of legalities. It's a lot of, you know, be careful what you say and how you're saying it. And, and um, it's not like that today, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that's that's. And now, as soon as you say it, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of morphed. So I interned. I interned for a bigger PR agency up in North Jersey called MWW. Yeah, sure. Which they've got a huge, huge building, building now in right Rutherford, next to yeah. the Meadowlands. Um, and then after I graduated college, I was just kind of not sure. I, I was like, Oh, am I going to do the commute into the city every day? You know, is this? really what I'm going to do. And I ended up at a publishing company in Hoboken, Wiley Publishing. Sure. Which is still around. It's probably one of the bigger companies in Hoboken right in the waterfront. It was waterfront. known for the dummies books, right? The dummies, yeah. yeah. I actually worked in their accounting textbook division, which is... Wow. <laughs> as, as dry as the tech Talk PR. about <laughs> glamour. And I, I was a marketing and, and publicist assistant for them. The cool thing was I got to travel a lot. I got to go to a lot of trade shows for accounting professors. Okay. Well, that's Again, a crew. Very interesting crew. See, they like to party. They like to party. Just like the Lizzie professors. Just like the Lizzie Grubman crowd. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Midwestern, you know, <laughs> party in Indianapolis and Chicago. But what I took from that job was I I learned all about the corporate world, corporate professionalism, and yeah, the travel. That was cool. I got to get on a plane every other week and and go to a new city that I don't think I would have ever went to Indianapolis. I've been there own. too. Me too. Yeah. Work because I was working at that time. I was working on Secret Deodorant in See? PR, and I went to the Indy 500 with Danica Patrick. And when I was there, I was like, "Who knew I was going to be in Indianapolis working on Secret exactly. Deodorant PR?" But exactly, um, I'm now a recruiter, so obviously I left that life <laughs> behind for lots of reasons. That's a different episode. Um, anyhow, but you know, I love that story because I think what it showed is that you went to school for something, you graduate. Mm-hmm. You start in the, the the path that you're like meant to be on. So, what got you to working in fashion? So, like I said, I graduated college in 2005, and then Amazon happened, mm-hmm. and that killed the publishing industry. And then the economic crash happened, and I actually had a, a friend of mine from college who was living in Hoboken, and part time she was working at a shoe store to make extra money. And she got recruited by their regional salesperson to go work for the shoe company. And she got a promotion to move to the West Coast. And her boss at the time said, you have to find your own replacement. And she called me. She knew I was just really unhappy. Mm -hmm. I didn't see a future in publishing accounting textbooks for myself. But everyone wears shoes. Everyone needs shoes. And she's like, have you ever thought? I was like, yes. Just said yes. Just say yes. That's I one of our no favorite fashion. mantras. I no mean, fashion experience. The universe brought us the perfect guest today. You're, you're like, taking hey, the words. I mean, like, I don't even need to be here. You're I'm like literally all my saying words right all, out of my mouth. all the things we always say. Just Amazing. say yes. Freelance. Yeah. I knew nothing about the retail business. I knew nothing about. I knew what fashion was. I know I liked clothes. I liked shoes. I liked shopping. I knew I had a good taste level, but I didn't know the business side. And I was fortunate enough to learn that business from the ground up from just the old school, what they call shoe dogs, mm-hmm. um, you know, the true sales and planning and all the math and all the economics that go behind it, which Maybe people, you were looking again, in your textbooks for that information. <laughs> there it got. It, it was meant to be. But, I, and that's, I think, a... Accounting a, a for thing, dummies. 
people under, don't understand about fashion. You see the clothes, you see the finished product. You don't see everything that goes behind There's it. There's so many layers, which and, is what we try to educate yeah. our candidates on, you know, from the ground up, because there's so many different areas that you could go into this business. And also yes. from a hiring point of view, we always talk about this with our clients, you know, when they're talking about what they need and the type of candidate that they need and what should I put in the job description? Like, I need them to be good at math. I need them to mm-hmm. know how to use Excel because that's how we blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's so important, some of those skills that you were able to garner, which is likely why you became successful there. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and you but were you were commuting for- to Connecticut yes. for it. Interesting. <laughs> On the Tappan Zee. The Tappan Zee Bridge every day. And, you know, life happens. Yeah. And it was fine when I was in my 20s and single and I didn't care what time I got home, but I went on, got married, had kids and you search for the balance. And and then things changed corporately. The world has changed. I, I always tell people, young people I know who are interested in the fashion business. When I started in that world in 2008, there was probably about 25 national department store chains. Yeah, there's nowhere to sell anymore. There's about five now, maybe. Yeah. There's Macy's, Dillard's, and Nordstrom, and maybe a few small regional ones left. So think of how the world has changed in 10 years. And also, for what it's worth, I, since I've been recruiting, randomly have a very strong database in the in the footwear world, which is probably why we had your resume mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, and the the for anyone that's interested in fashion or footwear, et cetera, there was always a very large... Um, grouping of very established companies in the Westchester and Greenwich and mm-hmm. Connecticut area. And that's where the shoe dogs were doing their tricks. And that's where all the CEOs live. Yes. <laughs> and it was more, by the way, they were smart. It was more convenient yes. for them to do their time mm-hmm. 20 minutes from their house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so these major Mecca organizations were in White Plains and mm-hmm. Greenwich and... Um, also, they had got cheaper office space. Yeah. <laughs> Westport. Westport. Where's yeah. That? And was, where was... It's Camuto. Uh, they're in Greenwich. Greenwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there were like five or six companies. Now, granted, some of those companies are no longer yeah. with us. Yeah. Right? Um, Jones and... Nine uh, West. Nine West. Yeah. Just have had some... Wild. Wild fails um, or demises. Anyway, point is, as I digress, you decided to to X out of the yeah. Tap and Z commute. Yes. Uh, and I was just done with the the, the corporate world. I, I think, um, you know, when you do something for that long of time and you just don't see the growth anymore, you just don't feel like your organization is evolving. Yeah. It's time to move out. And, you know, it's, we talk about this all the time, and that's actually a good transition into our next question, which is obviously now we know what you do currently and where you are which is why you're here today. Um, One of the things that we like to do for other people, and one of the reasons we love this podcast and these conversations is talking about those aha moments, those like light bulb moments, which is what we, we, we call ourselves light workers because we really find such joy in helping other people turn their light on. And also normalizing these feelings. Yeah, mm-hmm. and be like, so like it's okay you're... to decide to do something different, or it's okay to be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and make these shorts in my sister, like on like Ikea, you know, from my sister's materials. So we, t- we learned a little bit about yours, Christine, about your aha moment. But where did you go from when you were doing your Etsy shop and you sold to Jean in Florida? What Where did you then go? You know what? Th- I'm on to something here. Like, I want to make this bigger. This is going to be my full time gig. Well, a lot had to do with what kind of response I was getting via social media. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was getting confirmation that the product that I was making was unique. That nobody had ever seen it before or felt something like it before. I'm wearing them right now. And yeah, me too. Amazing. We're going to take an awesome picture of them. Well, this is yeah. the this is <laughs> the evolution, peak. the leggings. So the, the 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 aha probably came when I realized I had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I didn't invest any money into it really. I had a sewing machine that I had from college. I had free fabric and I had patterns that I could make. I didn't have to pay somebody else to do that part of the job for me. I had the skill set. So I had, you know, all the hats. I wore every single one of them for at least two or three years. And the, I guess the real aha was, was finally feeling like, like I was coming alive. Like I was, like I was feeling like me, but in the midst of it, I, I was severely depressed. So even, even with that heavy veil of depression, I let some light shine through and people saw it. And so when they grasped onto it and they, they pulled me in and I got to create a connection with someone and I got to create, you know, um, synergy with, with a person that says, Oh, I I love how this feels too. And I love yoga too. And, you know, I'm doing this for my health and my family. And and you just realize that your, um, your service is, is the most important aspect of, of, your Why we're here. Mm-hmm. Why we're here. Yeah. And in yoga for me, I mean, my, my journey in yoga started from I have nothing better to do, so I, I might as well go to yoga, to, oh, I can lose weight doing this? Cool. I did. I, lo- I lost like 25 pounds within the first year of doing Bikram seven days a week. And then what, what got me into the room then had me stay. And while I stayed, I learned. And I learned, you know, the eight limb path of yoga, where it wasn't just about the asana. It was about the um, the element of service, the element of, you know, the amas and the niyamas, which are the guidances that help you live an ethical, beautiful, joyful life. And all these pieces of the puzzle I took in. I said, OK, well, if this is going to help me on my path, then what else do I have to do? And service was a big piece of it. And so... I realized that I was here to serve. I was here to provide somebody with something that's going to make them happy. Somebody was going to provide something that was going to serve them in the practice that made them happy. Mm -hmm. So I was going to give you a tool to help you get through the thing that was challenging or beautiful or, or revealing of of who you are. Um, And I did that through print, through the crazy color, through the thing that said, this is who I am. It wasn't just black. It wasn't just gray. It wasn't just navy. It was the most colorful, creative thing that I could possibly find that was an extension of who you are. Um, And that is what pretty much led to then growing the business because then people said, well, you know what? I don't want to wear the shorts, but can you make like longer shorts? Okay, I made longer shorts. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of want to wear them to non-hot yoga. Can, can you make a, a capri and then a legging? And it just started to grow and grow because I got the feedback. So how can I serve? And I asked. They re- I received. I, I adapted. Did you do that through social created. media at that time? Through social media, through, through making um, relationships with our studios and teachers and, and students. And, so was oh. your customer base at that point, like direct to consumer and then also just figuring out word of mouth, like your friends that taught and like what studios they were in? Yeah, 100%. It was it was all word of mouth. Um, literally, 
I never advertised. I didn't pay for anything. I did some of the Bikram um, teacher training. Uh, I did. I did. Uh, the, the first thing I ever did was go out to LA and sell my stuff at a Bikram yoga training. Smart. And got into a hotel room and put the word out on social media, and the word got around. People came up to my room, purchased stuff, and it was it as was un underground, mm -hmm. grassroots, gorilla. Just like what pants are you happen. wearing? Like oh, I just bought them upstairs well, in this know, <laughs> girl's bedroom. <laughs> when you listen to people talk about like having a good idea, mm -hmm. right? You actually created a solve for something mm -hmm. that you enjoyed in a community that was lacking something that maybe would make it more... The best business ideas that yes, come from... Yes, coming from a real organic solution. Mm -hmm. yes. So then, of course, your distribution channel and your customer base were already built in. You didn't have to figure it out. You didn't have to farm it out. You weren't coming up with a gimmick. You were coming up with a solution. Um, and I find that solution sales are products that are meant to make things better mm -hmm. or better life. Or an e I mean, when I was a salesperson, I guess I still am a salesperson. When you're able to better someone's life, yeah. you're immediately that much more um, cued in, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not. It's not a cold sell if you have something to, if you can well, have something to share. We talk all the time about brand crushes, which is something we'll, we'll get to at the end. We love to hear about people's brand crush. I just think it's fun. But um, I think the best brands and what we get so jazzed up about, and the people we like to interview, and the, the kind of products that we like to embrace, and um, kind of shout out uh, on the rooftops about are ones that, like you said earlier, was our game changer. Like what you were saying about your shorts where you're like, when you put it, you made it out of the material of a bathing suit so that, because it meant to get wet. Is is like, duh. Duh. Right. You know I mean? uh -huh. So like, so, and it's like hundreds of years of duh. But right. you know what? I guess maybe hundreds of years ago, no one was irritated by what we currently will get irritated. By. Sure. Mm. So, you know, I just think, first of all, I could listen to you talk all day. I don't know how you get any work done, <laughs> right? I mean, how do you how do you get any work done it's if she's soothing? So, 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 I mean, she speaks and I'm like, like even when she's mad today. in the office, she's like, you guys, <laughs> let's get it together. Um, okay, so we like to also talk about, I mean, all of this is like happy, happy, joy, joy, amazing stuff. I'd love to hear also like, what's something you failed at? Obviously you're doing, you're killing it, right? You're one of the major as I like to say, tags on the butt that I see at yoga. Um, so I'd love to. I'd love to um, hear. You know, where did you trip and fall? Has there been anything that you feel like you could have done differently at this point? I don't know. I think I don't know if I believe in failure. Yeah. You know, I think I believe in um, everything happening as it's meant to happen because mm -hmm. you're going to learn what you need to learn. So yeah, hiring hiring my first. <laughs> technical employee. Well, I think my cousin was really my first hire, but she doesn't count because she's she's just family, family <laughs> and, and so badass. And um, But I hired this one woman who I thought, because I got my first press, um, literally my... Was my, that the Bergen Record piece? No, my cousin, <laughs> my cousin Jamie and I were sitting in our office. We got a phone call and this woman says, hi, um, do you still have the leggings that Naomi Campbell's wearing in Shape Magazine? And we're like, um, please hold. <laughs> and we're Googling and Googling. We're like, what the fuck, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and we come up with the images of, it was a five-page spread of Naomi Campbell wearing my leggings. Oh, my God. I was like, 
Holy shit. I'm sorry. Um, we've sold out, but do visit kdeer.com. And, and it was this moment of like, oh, my God, we did it. We did it. We did it. What do I do now? Right. And I was like, uh, uh, do I need a PR company? Should I hire someone? Like, like we need more of this press. And this is how we're going to get somewhere. This is how we're going to get seen. And so I put a, a listing out for a PR person. And I got this this woman to come in. Probably lasted about a month or two until I realized she doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I I said, you know what? You know, this has been really great, but I I just don't think this is the right fit. And, you know, because I really don't know what, what needs to happen here, I just can't afford to continue to, to hire someone to have you on. But I wish you the best. And I'm really sorry. And, you know, thank you for, for what you have been able to help me with. And she left the office. Um, I'm guessing she called her boyfriend, gave her, gave him all of the information to log on to my email, erased my entire email database. Um, she logged on to my Facebook and changed my profile picture. Oh my god! Oh my wrote god! Comments. Oh. It was it was like the biggest nightmare ever. Which I then, because my brother works at the prosecutor's office, I said, what do I do? And he said, come on down. (laughs) I got interviewed. She got arrested at 6, 5 o'clock in the morning, like four days later. Like like defamation of character or something. Like they they investigated and and like... Guilty. Like, that's crazy. And, And... um, yeah, for Sounds hacking. Sounds like our day-to-day. For <laughs> hacking, for, <laughs> we have a lot of for that. <laughs> you know, changing things on my profiles and, like, all this stuff. And so, like, I wouldn't necessarily call that failure. I oh, did, yeah. did I fail to... Yeah. Wow, wow. Ming. Look at yeah. Ming. I love did Ming. I, did Brought I it up. fail to properly vet out a person? Yeah. Did I fail to... Um, you know, have a job description clearly laid out for this person to come in and do? Yes. But that's not a failure. That's now taught me how to do it the next time. Mm-hmm. And that's taught me how to succeed the next go around and, and finally get to the place where I've hired, you know, a really intelligent, amazing human being times 10 to do a job that I have laid out and said, this is your role. And Help me! Yeah, <laughs> just, like, don't, just figure this out. Don't screw me over. Just don't delete my databases, Nicole. Like I promise, I'm oh. not that technological. <laughs> like I have no idea how to do that. By the way, who even knows how to do that? That's wild. I know. Crazy. I know how Crazy to lock knows how myself to do that. out of things quite often. Crazy. I, ha- I know how to lose my ATM yes. card. Yep. I know how to not remember my password. Mm-hmm. I, I spend a quarter of my day resetting my own passwords. So Correct. Yeah. Same. Same. I mean, same. You know, I'm like, unlock. what combination of numbers did I use this time? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, wow. So, yes, we believe, obviously, everything happens for a reason. We have a lot of conversations, too, with clients about making your first hire and tripping and falling sometimes with your hires and how to make, you know, good hiring mm-hmm. decisions because, you know, we're dealing with that right now with a startup client of ours who... You know, it's it's challenging. It's a full time job sometimes, which is yeah. obviously why we yeah. have a business model. But um, you know, finding people to work for you that get it and that believe. I mean, your name is legit on the door. It's on mm-hmm. my ass currently. You know, like it's <laughs> it is like a your, big your deal. Upper waist. Yes, yeah. upper waist. Fine. Yeah. Um, I do believe, and they're actually in the place that they're supposed to be, so they're not like it's not drooping down. Um, but I was going to say that it you know it really matters as we always say like when you're making a hire that. It, your name is on the door. Like you need people that believe in you and believe in what you're doing and your mission and what you preach. And it's very mm-hmm. challenging to find. So it's nice to hear from another, you know, 
um, female business owner ourselves and, you know, finding Maris, who works for us a year today. And we have a dream team as well, in addition to Maris. Um, it's not always easy. It's not always the perfect fit. And then, you know, we've had dream teams before now that have since left evolved. us and move on and evolved. And we feel, you know, such pride and mother Henny about where they've gone on to go recruit for and work um, in very successful places. But it is a very challenging thing. So I'm glad to see that obviously this marriage has worked <laughs> for the last several How months. many people do you have working for you now? So I have seven full time and four part time. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to say one other thing I think is really cool that I don't want to come off of our, our grid, but what I think is so spectacular and as a marketing person, you know, she was doing her thing. Christine's doing her thing. She's solving her problem. She has a, a built-in customer base because it's a product that she believes in. She was able to make it herself because ironically, not ironically, because nothing's a coincidence, the universe gave her yoga and she was also a creative and she married the two and somehow or another her brother grew up with that art table and ended up in the prosecutor's office okay um but two <laughs> sisters in in crafts grown-up crafts right and unbeknownst to her which never happens <laughs> naomi campbell was wearing her pants okay yeah. these are moments yeah. as a fashion person okay so i worked in fashion for eight years prior to being in recruitment for 16 don't do the math um <laughs> For your legging to be on a supermodel in a shape spread and you not to know mm. is like, what? It was basically, in all fairness, I don't want to put words in Naomi's mouth. Hi, Naomi. Um, imagine she listened. Imagine yeah. she listened. <laughs> um, she probably, she wanted to wear them. Otherwise, sure. a stylist would have yeah. curated. They would have had it from all the publicists. She would have been dressed by someone else. Mm -hmm. So it must have been because she Authentic. liked those pants. She wanted to put them on. Yes. Or her stylist liked them and she was like, put mm -hmm. these on. Because typically, I mean, just, that big moment is not something that you could draw. Like, no. that is not something no. that it doesn't happen. No. It, it doesn't happen traditionally. Right. Because you would have to go through the traditional then, PR channel. And then you get the phone call and you're like, wait. And you know, that's it's like what hearing happened. your song on the but radio I, for the first time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, people are like wearing my apparel and like a shape magazine like what and you're focused here and all of a sudden what i do think is interesting about the universe and not failure is you took your eye off your authentic lane and hired this woman correct to do stuff for you yep. that was not in your lane we that was a little bit time extra with, with, with right yep. and guess what happened whoops she was a mess Mm -hmm. And did some crazy stuff. God knows, what but she it is taught today. you that you needed someone like <laughs> but, that. Which is yes, we but talk about in your this, lane. We talk about this a lot right? with with hiring. In that you to identify that you needed help in that area is a huge growth moment for you as a yes. boss and a manager and an owner to say, I can do all the things. I can sew the product. I know how to get the textile. Like blah 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 blah. I can create the pattern. But like, I need somebody to help me figure out like how my leggings ended up on Naomi's legs and like how to then continue that trajectory so um, and or decide if that's the trajectory you want right. right and I think that's a big moment probably for your business which I think is I a, mean is if a, you're going to be in a magazine it might as well be shape right yeah and it wasn't the first time right, right. <laughs> and since then <laughs> right so there you go amazing and then what tell me of an epic fail for you oh god other than not knowing your passwords um, I will say, I think my biggest failure in my past life before coming to KDR is just not knowing what I was worth. Um, to get on my feminist soapbox for a minute. We love that here. <laughs> One of my biggest wake up calls working in the fashion world and the accessories world was it's a man's world. Um, 
that specific segment of the business, when you talk about shoes especially, Men's. it's run about by about six men. Yeah. <laughs> run all the footwear brands in the world that everyone's got on their feet. And um, and it's also it, it's they're they're of a different generation, of a different time period. Um, I always go back to Mad Men and I'm on my like fourth time of watching it. Because I it, it's so weird. My it, friends this weekend are watching it for the second time. It, I'm like, who has the time to watch the show over again? I had the I never flu watched it the last first time. week. Oh, right. and I watched so, it. I binged a bunch of stuff while I had the flu. Yeah. So I binged. Mm-hmm. But I I started watching it to give myself insight into how the minds worked. Because <coughs> I did get a lot of sweethearts, honeys, being referred to as a girl, being referred to, you know, just not being taken seriously. And I think for way too long in my career... I played into that. I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to be the difficult one. I didn't want to stand out. And that is probably my biggest failure to myself and my biggest regret that not speaking up more, not saying, no, I my brain functions just as well as yours do. And I'm worth just as much as all the men in the room. Um, so I think that not... Um, not re- recognizing that and taking hold of that earlier kind of led me down a path of a long term of unhappiness where I could have been bettering myself or could have been branching out instead of being stuck where I was. So I think that really was my biggest failure professionally. And when did you when did your light bulb turn on to, to look for Christine and, and where um, you are now? I, I would say probably about. A year and a half ago is when I went onto LinkedIn. I always had like a LinkedIn profile that just existed. I never really like went on. And everyone should have an updated LinkedIn profile. Wait, this is and again a message point exactly. that you obviously did not prepare in advance. Network yes. the most when you need it the least. Network the most when you need and it the least. We say that all the time that you're you're you should be up to date and exactly. And I didn't know we're, we're taking it away. Yeah. We're, we're gracefully absorbing. Yeah. And I started spending time on there and mm-hmm. started, you know, turning on the beacon. As you should. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no one's going to, I'm not going to hear from anyone. And, and I got a few calls, random calls from random places. But just having those conversations, yeah. um, somebody from somewhere out in Pennsylvania Makes had you a, feel better. a company You're made like, Wait, dance you want costumes. Yeah. And he was like, oh, this would be great for you. You're like, like actually, that sounds amazing. It sounds amazing, <laughs> but I'm not going to move to central Pennsylvania. That's right. just not where I'm at in life. And... But that just kind of sparked something in me like, oh, wait, we I, I have all this experience. I have all this value. Yes. And there is opportunity out there for me. I think I, it was just beaten into me for so long. Like, oh, I'm never going to, you know, have the uh, the flexibility I have here. or I'm not going to be able to do this or do that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like I, I built that you convinced up. convinced yourself that I convinced myself you caught that, up in the comfortable. And I think it's also like one of those like corporate lies kind of they suck you in thinking like, oh, no one's going to take care of you like we're going to take care of you. Kind of like that abusive boyfriend syndrome, like mm-hmm. no one's going to love you like we do. And it's it's all BS because you can forge ahead. You can make that deal for yourself. So that was my big aha. And I was like, you know what? I people want me. I am valuable. I can find something outside of this. I'm I, I'm not beholden to them just because I've been here for so long. So then you found her on LinkedIn or what happened? She I was you? I was approached by a recruiter. So and it worked out. Amazing. Well, good it news is, is they use recruiters. I'll think about that. In a minute. <laughs> um, I will say this, though, deep. I think what you just said was so on point and so um, 
so introspective to be able to say, you know what, this is my failure. But I will say, and I mean, granted, I put you on the spot and said, what's your failure? <laughs> so now I'm I'm removing that from mm-hmm. you. And I'm saying, listen, if you had risen up earlier, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been ready for you yet. You're right. She was still fixing your database, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so my point is, is, is there is really some very interesting synchronicity here. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she lives and, and works 11 minutes from your house or less yes. from your back door, which means that the universe was hearing you. You set your intention. And truthfully, when something's meant to be, it just yes. is. And I think that, you know, we've built a business over the course of the last, for me, 16 years of navigating and normalizing and assisting and enabling and empowering people to just get where they were going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're going there anyway. You just might need a little extra help. Mm-hmm. And or you might not have known you were going to one of my clients because you wouldn't have gotten there without me. But I happen to be a bump on your log in the story that was already written. So um, and a lot of that, I mean, that's my that's my dharma. Um, and I and I really believe that I really, truly believe in career and helping other people um, in something that I now call leading with light. When you turn someone's light on, the way you, when you were speaking before about your staff, you were leading with light. We all have to do our jobs to our best ability so that we can make an impact on other people so that they can go and do Mm -hmm. what they need to do to their best ability. So sure, you could look through a narrow lens and say, you make a yoga pant. But I hear happiness. I hear joy. I hear camaraderie. I hear positivity. I hear comfort. I hear, you know, exercise and fitness and wellness and mental wellness and i hear lift i hear so many things Mm -hmm. and if you're doing something that you love money follows Mm. right yeah it's what it is now granted there's sometimes a lot of grind in there i think everyone Mm -hmm. in the room can experience the grind right but i think at the end of the day we sometimes come off of what's important and focus on the other thing that I say for this year, we're focused on the wrong syllable, mm-hmm. which is something my seventh grade teacher used to say all the time. And it resonates. We're so focused on, oh, my God, we're in a magazine and we came out of our lane. Right. And it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, you know, people will say to me, you're a staffing firm. What's with the podcast? I'm like, this is why right here, because if I can get my voice away from my desk out to people that are sitting there and they hear you and they're hearing what you're saying, we're making a difference. Even if it affects one person. Nope, oh, there they are. A little tear. Yep. My tear we cry every <laughs> single episode. So if it affects one and when she person. cries, I cry. I see the tear happening or the, <laughs> it's all that matters. the lip quiver, I start to tear too. I don't think I have a lip quiver. No, it, yeah, but, no a little bit. I was, we get I was very like, passionate about it. it. It's very anyways. Because I think that the, your story in and of itself, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have her with you, I would love to hear your story the whole time, but I also wanted to hear, you know, your story of like exactly what we talk to people about all the time because we live in the suburbs now, right? And we have women, not all women, but mostly women coming to us and saying, help me, I have to stop commuting or I, I want to go back to work or I want to feel inspired again or I want to do something cool and different help me and what you've been able to do nicole and you should feel so proud of is you created that destiny for yourself yes the universe helps but you said you know what i'm done 
I'm done sitting at this table with the men, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna switch this and up. Not all men are bad. No. Yeah. No. But like, and, right. and in all fairness, I know <laughs> Ming is the best, and he's here. Their, their their intentions were not disrespectful. Yes. Right, but they the, just come from the a different environment world. that you were world. in yeah. was just not for you. So you yes. were like, I'm done. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna you know change my narrative. I'm going to go on LinkedIn and switch the energy. I'm gonna put it out there, and look what happened. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a, a great segue into our mantras. We talked about a couple of them already because you by accident have said them. Oh, um, actually. We have several that we like live by. They're on the back of our business cards. We say it to our candidates and clients every day, all day. Um, they are say yes, which we talked about already. Just say yes. Why not? Um, they are dream big, which mm-hmm. as we obviously everyone in the world uses that now, but we really believe in the fundamental meaning of that, which is why like just set your sights high because if you don't what else are we doing here um and you never know unless you go which i think is a really good example of something that you guys are both Mm -hmm. probably testament to of just taking that meeting or having that conversation or putting yourself out there trade show and going to that hotel room and and selling clothes out of uh, out of off your bed just you never know unless That's you try. That's a very footwear thing to do. Yes. Yeah, it is. That's funny. Synergy. Um, she doesn't know that. You could tell her after. A lot of hotel rooms. Yeah. A lot of hotel rooms in your, with your trunk. Um, network most of you at the least. We talked about that already where you put yourself on um, LinkedIn. You weren't necessarily like, you were gainfully employed. Like, you know, yeah. you weren't necessarily happy, but you're like, I'm going to just start this process of networking. And we talk about that all the time with candidates and clients, hiring managers, whomever, career searchers. You have to have those conversations when you don't necessarily need to be having them because when you wait until you're desperate is when it is harder to find. Um, And I think you're both obviously testament to that. And um, you never know unless you go kind of also segues into another card to take another hand to shake. Because if you want an interview or you have a conversation with someone or a meeting or a sales conversation or a lunch with an editor or an influencer, it's if and that person's not a fit for your brand or your mission if nothing else, you met them, right? And then all of a sudden, in six months, they change jobs and now they work for Shape or now they work mm-hmm. for whomever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I had lunch with that girl like six months ago and it wasn't a fit then, but now she can help me in some way. Um, as my dad always says, he's our CEO and our boss. You know, everybody you meet in life, for us at least, is a candidate or a client, right? Everybody out there can help in some way or you can help. Mm-hmm. So for you, it might be a customer, it might be an influencer. Every conversation you're having, every you know, on a mic or off is to hopefully either spread light to that person and show your mission to them, or they can help you in some way. And every single conversation means something. And and I think that that's kind of how we live our lives and built our business around those mantras. I'd love to hear from you guys if you kind of have a mantra that you live by. Obviously, it sounds like you take a deep breath at the beginning of every meeting. I love that as a mantra, like take a breath. Do you have a... you fall asleep after the yeah, breath? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. How long is the breath? I'm, just, I'm asking for a friend. Are we in Savasana during yeah. the breath? Yeah. Um, so tell me... Is there a warm towel? Yeah. <laughs> that smells like eucalyptus. Um, do you have a mantra that you kind of live by with your business? I don't know. I think... I've always, as a yoga teacher and as a business owner, um, it's always nice to come back to less is more and simple is best. Mm -hmm. Less is more, simple is best. Because when you get complicated, shit goes down. Mm -hmm. Like why Mm overcomplicate? And and I don't know, uh, to simplify and to to take less from the pot is, 
is your way of keeping yourself light, right? When you keep yourself light, your body, your mind, your um, your energy, you can serve greater. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can recall any instance where taking more benefited me, right? You know, take too much cheesecake, well, I'm going to have a bellyache. Mm-hmm. You take more... Um, you know, that, and that's just it too. It's to take is um, is toxic. You know, to receive is is your blessing, and mm-hmm. it's all about your perspective. So, I've been working a lot with my language. I've been working a lot with um, what I'm choosing so to think. Yeah, we talk I'm about that all the time. Myself. Word choice, yeah. Um, and you know, I've I've just been surrounding myself. I think with people who also have that same mentality, you know, to keep it simple, less is more. And, you know, it's okay to go a little bit deeper and to get a little bit more complex in how we dig and how we understand ourselves and our thoughts. But um, it all comes back to really simple ideas, right? It all comes back to um, very intelligent, straightforward themes that lead you in I don't know, whatever direction you, your your heart is telling you to go. I love that. Do you have a mantra, Nicole? Well, playing off of kind of what Christine has said and coming into her organization and working closely with her, I think I've already learned Started so speaking much like her. Right. her. No, for real. Right. And, you know, coming from years of that corporate world and where things are so many layers and, and, and things do get convoluted and, and it... it everything was so overthought and thought again and like let's have a meeting about the meeting exactly Mm -hmm. meetings about meetings that in just one one of my daily tasks we post on instagram every day and come up with a caption and how many times i've been struggling with something and then i'll ask christine and it's like let's throw that out and let's say it simply Mm -hmm. and i go back to that just in my day-to-day and it's kind of like when you've got all this clutter and Mm -hmm. and you just kind of push it aside and, and start again and, and say like, what do I want to say and how do I say it? And it's just that clarity. And I, I think, you know, I've adopted that in my everyday life too, just throwing stuff out. I don't want it. <laughs> don't give me your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and keeping things clean and simple. And good thing your mom kept that rope. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. it's still in her closet. <laughs> <laughs> great. I would like to see it. My action word in 2019 was clarity. And my action word for 2020 is also clarity. Good. Because that word to me is everything. Yeah. I just want to see what I need to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all, and not to combine the senses, but I'm guilty of combining my senses a lot, but we have so much noise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And simple is key. And it's like, and it's still the same thing. We've, we've used seven different analogies to say the same thing. Stay in your lane. Do what you know how to do. Use your best skill and part on wisdom in ways that you can, whether it's a product or a service, you know. Um, but I love that. I mean, I'm like my heart is warm for you. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm an empath, so it's like I'm like bursting for you. And the fact that it's like, here's this woman who works for you. She was she needed you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not talking about listen. Business is business. We're not talking about salary. We're not talking about benefits. We're not talking about comp. And all those things are really real things, and I'm not diffusing them. But again, if something is meant, 
it works. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking for work and you're out there, not to like bring it back to this, but career is such a major part of our life. Whether we want it to be a focus, it shouldn't define us. It does enable us to buy yoga pants and eat sushi, mm-hmm. right? It does allow us to enrich our life. It's not everything, but it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So in order to really have a, 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 use our time on this earth well, which we have unmarked time, we're all the same that way. We don't know when it will end and we don't know how we will exit. If we can do the best we can with what we've got, that's our number one job. Yeah. yeah. Right? Absolutely. So for you to in a short period of time, be walking her talk, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome and speaks volumes to what you were able to create out of your bedroom. It's not just the pants. It's empowering the staff. I agree. And providing, uh, providing a home for people that where they can be proud of what they're doing and use their skills underneath your roof. I'd like to say we do something similar. What do you think, Mayor? Absolutely. Maris is crying. Um, I love Maris. Ming's going to cry next. Um, So I think, you know, we talked a lot about some of these other questions about what keeps us going and inspires us and, you know, our mantras. And I think one of the things that Marissa already touched on, we're big fans of talking about an action word. We think that we're still in the, you know, beginning of the year. We're not big on talking about, you know, resolutions, but more so setting an intention. Similar to at the beginning of a yoga class, we try to think about for ourselves and our team and people that come in and out of our lives every day and in our office is really thinking about like, what's your what's your word? Like, what are you trying to do this year? And, um, you know, we've been joking this whole episode about how it's like we wrote your answers for you because you're saying so many of the things that we want to say. And and it's, I, I, I don't think that I'm sure you all believe me, but I can't say it in a way that you'll believe me that I have not said my word on air yet because it's begin. Our first episode of January was actually a panel discussion that was unrelated to here. And we did Michelle, but was that after the new year? I can't remember my action word for 2020 is simplify Um, so so I think one of the things I'm guilty of as you get to know me which hopefully this is the beginning of a beautiful (laughs) friendship and relationship and rekindling of friendship um, that I tend to overcomplicate in my life where I'm constantly doing a million things and it's well what, you simplify for others but what, not for yourself correct it defines me and I've always been that way I was the girl in high school if people say to you like what did you want to be I was everywhere I was in every group of friends I was in every meeting I was in every club and it's who I always have been so people will say to me just say no more just say no more and I worked on this actually on my last retreat with Tootsie. I went in, in October with her. And um, that's a conversation for a different day. I talk about Tootsie like 14 times an hour on, the, on, this, on this podcast. But um, when I went on this yoga retreat in, in October, you know, I said to her, I'm like, I need to work through this because I think what I, what I started to realize about myself is that I'm never going to say no. Like, you're never going to ask me to do something and be like, nah. You know, as far as what it is, of course, if I'm not available, that would be one thing. But as far as like, can you help me with this, Jamie? Like, I know you're really good at this social media. Like, can you just post this for me? Like, how do I down? Like constant, like what restaurant should I go to? It's like all the things. And it's who I've I've basically defined myself to be in my group of friends, in my professional life, in my personal life. And so I think what I've learned is that I need to say yes, but or yes, and which we talked about on this podcast, actually, with another guest, my friend Rachel, who taught me yes and 
Like, yes, I can do that for you, but I can't do that until Friday. Like, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it till next week. And so I need to simplify my life. So that's one of the things that I'm working on. So I love that you're saying keep it simple because it speaks so loudly to me as another professional woman that sometimes you just need to, like, shut the F up and, like, just focus and really think about what is it that you're trying to do and create Um, And that's why I love these conversations, because it helps me turn my light on. It's what you just said made me realize yet again that that's what I'm trying to work on for this year. So thank you for saying that. (laughs) Again, we're aligned. Um, Do you guys have an action word that you're trying to attain this year? Oh, yes. Profitability. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Growth. I'll let Christine. Well, so K-Deer has um, an action (laughs) word concept. We are... It's to inspire impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so KDR has um, an arm of the business that is impactful um, charitably, and that's all well and good. Um, but we have a platform, we have a voice. And I went to a, a great sales seminar, which was more of a growth seminar than, than anything. And I said, you know, all you need is a microphone and a stage. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have a microphone and a stage and a stage, you can make an impact. And what is it you're going to say? How are you going to say it? And we have the opportunity to take what we've done so far. We have highlighted lots of stories. You know, we talk about women, we talk about their personal story and a cause that is really important to them. And we combine that with giving back to a charity that's associated with that cause. But what we don't talk about enough are some of the tools that will help the people who might not have access to those specific charities. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, we are going to put a highlight on the Molly Stripe. The Molly Stripe is my stripe. Um, It supports mental health awareness. And it donates proceeds to an organization called... um, uh, Bring, bring change uh, bring to mind. mind. <clears throat> and Bring Change to Mind is a great program that um, brings awareness and education into high schools and colleges. And it has one beautiful direction, um, which I fully believe in because I know that I was, I've had, I've had anxiety since I was in second grade. And had I not been given the tools so much earlier in life, maybe something would have been different. So I support that wholeheartedly. But there are so many of us you know, in our day-to-day lives who are either struggling or know someone who's struggling with mental health. And there are tools out there Mm -hmm. to help. And so I want to talk more about it so that we normalize it. (coughs) I want to talk about it more so that um, you know that there are tools out there for you. Like there's a new 911 number for mental health needs. It's 988. And all you have to do is hit 988 and you're going to be connected with someone who is um, prepared to speak to you about your mental health needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are resources online that you can go to to find a local therapist, uh, nonprofits that are all related to, you know, finding therapy or finding a psychiatrist or whatever it is. So we have a stage and I have a microphone and I got to start using it more. Mm, because if we can if we can affect change um, so that people are supported and loved and know that they're not alone, then I'm successful that way. Well, you're helping to you're helping to heal, 
I think it's phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal. And there should be, and I, coming from in, in my life, um, we were directly um, affected by uh, suicide and mental illness. Um, there should be no stigma. It should not be something we whisper. And if you need to go on blood pressure medicine or cholesterol medicine, and that's normal, it should be as normal as saying that and that same tone. Mm-hmm. It should mm-hmm. it should not be dropped down a, a notch. Yeah. It should be a normal conversation yeah. and not anything other than it's just part of the whole equation. You get yeah. older, you're exposed to more, things can make you feel uncomfortable the same way you shouldn't eat bacon every right. single day. <laughs> right. <laughs> same thing. Yep. And I feel like that, I think, I've said this word several times and I'm also... Now, a parent of a tween, um, which I think could be the most challenging job of all of talking about simplifying, Um, just knowing word choice and trying to lead with light for her so she could be a better version of all of us, right? Look how, look at the gift. One of the things I'd have to say, you're, you're impacting, right? Look at the gift of all of us. We're so much further than all of them. Not their fault, just time. So we're so much further emotionally. And if we parent right, they will have so much less of Yiddish insertion here, the Mishagas that we all had, which is the stuff. The stuff. Actually, every word that matches the stuff is a Jewish Yiddish word. Siras, <laughs> you know. Mishigash. Mishigas. Chutzpahs. Yeah, whatever. It's all the same stuff. <laughs> the Utsis, um, the Goosies. But I think that is such a profound, profound um, platform. And I'm. Foclamped. Sorry, I'm just going to keep throwing them out there. And at the risk of word choice being saying proud, you know, I've already said that I'm feeling like I'm bursting because your staff is so fortunate, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, But I think that's awesome. Thank you. For lack of a better, like the actual definition of awesome. Look, you have a stage and it's not like I'm a Grammy winner and I'm going to go up on the stage and I'm going to use my 30 seconds instead of thanking my mother and my agent. I'm going to say my thing and then it's going to be a thing. I'm saying you're actually doing something. Mm-hmm. which, by the way, was a great organization for many years, do something, um, where you're saying, I want to I want to walk my walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I, I try to donate and bring awareness to mental health wherever I can. Um, but I, I really actually think just talking about it in normal volume sure. is our first step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yesterday, um, you know, took a selfie in my psychiatrist's office. Good for you. Hey, guys, at the psychiatrist. And then afterwards, I went for a run. And I was like, hey, just left uh, the therapist. I just left my psychiatrist. We had a great conversation. I feel like I'm in a great place. But I've got to continue to do the thing that makes me feel really good, even though it can be challenging and even though it can suck. And, you know, here I am. I'm going to run for another 10 minutes and, you know, join me and just, like, love on me while I do this because I need it. And there's something about asking for help and for love that I never realized I had, I I was allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was raised a Viking. You're a Viking. You don't need help. You got this. You're strong. And mm-hmm. and I'm I at a place right now feeling. personally where it's like, I need, I need help. I need love. I need support. I need um, my community. And so my work words are inspire impact. My personal word is grace. Um, Last year's word was clarity. 
really funny. Not, um, not ironic. <laughs> not ironic. Because um, if we don't have grace for ourselves, mm-hmm. oh, or it's such a deficit. Mm-hmm. More grace, more grace, more grace. And if you don't know what that word means, Google it. If you want to, if you want to feel what that word means, just close your eyes. Know that you're not alone. There's so much grace around us. This room is filled with grace. The synergy and the the synchronicity of this connection is grace. Mm-hmm. The fact that you know your word was simplify, and my mantra is simple as best. Mm-hmm. That's grace. Um. Thank you. <laughs> That's Grace. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nice exhale. Tequila right now would also be Grace. Tequila would work too. And ironically, my daughter's name is Grace. Ah, what ironic. a beautiful name. Oh, I love, yeah. that. I love Teach, that name. Teaching her about Grace. <laughs> no, um, sorry. No, That's, yeah, good luck. You know, I think we normally ask at this stage, what's your superpower? I think we, we, um, I think we we've can nailed out what that is. Um, and... You know, we like to, to to spend a moment just for before we wrap up about, you know, if there's anything that you wanted to say today or get across that we didn't ask about, like, obviously, the mission of, of you know, your philanthropic arm is, is something I wanted to touch on. And you did get a chance to do that, which I'm so happy that you were able to talk about. Is there anything else coming up for the brand that you wanted to talk about or anything else we didn't cover? Yeah, we have... A lot coming up. Um, Ooh, a mic huge drop. year. Mic drop. Mic drop. Well, right now we we just moved into new offices, mm-hmm. which has been so cool. We're in this great new space, and we have our own warehouse now. So right now, if anyone's been on the website, we're not taking orders because we're moving all of our inventory into our new warehouse. So and where is this? It's in Hackensack. I've heard mm-hmm. of it. Heart of Bergen County. Village Hall uses mm-hmm. it. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right around the corner from the Brick City Brewing Company, mm-hmm. which highly recommend. Not far from Houston. Not Which is very important. Right down the street from Riverside Square. So we're in a good spot. Um, and we're super excited. So in a week or so, we are going to relaunch. Amazing. It's amazing. We have so many awesome new. Yeah patterns and lots of new prints color and it's spring and Mm -hmm. yeah so when that happens it's gonna be like it's a rebirth explosion yeah (laughs) it's a rebirth i feel i feel like 2020 has invited us to um to show up with uh a lot of love right so like you have to love on um the people that you work with Right. And so we, we have this amazing team. Um, you have to love the place that you're going to to work every day. So not just the people that you work with, but where you're going. So we have this beautiful space that is that flows. It's a big circle. So the whole space constantly flows with energy. Everyone has their own space to work inside of. But then we commune together in the main space. And it's this opportunity to like realize like we're in this together. You got this. You need any help. Just holler at me, slack me, whatever. And so there's love in in location, in the people, in the process. The process is changing, right? So we're we're shifting the way that we're doing, you know, some of our production. We're shifting the way we're doing our warehousing, which means that we can give better customer service, which means that we can be quicker, which means, you know, our already stellar customer service is going to 
just get that bump up that mm-hmm. we, we kind of hit our ceiling because of how we were set up. Sure. And now we kind of break through that and we figure it out along the way. You know, there's no manual to all of this. So what we're trying to do is be really transparent, um, which I've tried to do by literally showing my face, walking through our warehouse saying, hey, guys, there's no inventory here. And once it's here, we're coming back. And, you know, thanks for supporting us and thanks for being, you know, I guess just compassionate to the fact that we're changing and you know we're a small business in comparison to a lot of others and people don't realize that people think that we must be this big conglomerate because our 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 homepage looks really you know professional you know we're we're legit you know team of 10 people who are are selling a lot of pants selling a lot of a lot of a lot of pants that my goal and my hope is that they just make you really freaking happy yeah that's it just want to make you happy and if I could, I'd give them all away, but I can't do that. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna continue to do the best that I can to make them affordable. I'm going to do the best that I can to make sure that it's accessible. So, like, you know, people in Canada are like, why is the shipping so much? And I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But it's hard for a small company like us to get better rates. Yes. So it's just all the things that are getting mm-hmm. layered up. And this year, we're, we're just trying to bulldoze through some of those some of those issues so that we can show up. Um, with a lot more love for everyone in whatever whatever way that looks like. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? I have to take a nap. Um, this is amazing. Um, so we like to wrap up with a couple of fun questions just because I think it's like we like take our like, like we can like roll our shoulders <laughs> out like we're done. Um, and we like to bring it back to some questions and, and we like to nod to Carrie who was our original podcaster who interviewed us. She had an awesome question at the end to just kind of like break the ice but it's not break the ice it's like I don't know put the ice back together at the end Um, which was like if you were a rock song what would you be which I think is such a fun question so we took that and we were inspired to ask um, a couple fun questions at the end just to kind of get to know you better for our listeners so um, being that you're both Bergen County girls I'll be interested to see your answer to this we alluded to some of them but what is your favorite order at your favorite hometown restaurant Finnegan's. Okay. Finnegan's, Finnegan's, Finnegan's. Um, a pint of Guinness mm-hmm. and a veggie burger, uh, no bread, add Swiss cheese, balsamic vinaigrette on the side. Yum. 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 Oh, and where's so that? Good. That's in Westwood. That's in Westwood. And I'm going to have to say it my Friday night, Rudy's special. There it is. Chopped. Hi, Maddie. Slice of pizza. Oh, it's so good. And a glass of same guy, same, same guy making the pizzas from when we were kids. Maddie, that's right. And then I get and the Tony. pepperoni. I don't like when people steal the pepper. Yo, no, I oh, like the hot pepper. That. I like the I hot pepper. The Marcia, I, I take it, it out. out. She gave you it to me. It I take yeah, it out. See, I got to have the pepperoni. I might have a bite, but it's like not <laughs> part of the story. Um, well, I have to say that you might be our first guest that your answer is my answer. <laughs> so, like, we're really in, in sync. Yep, Rudy Special Salad, duh. Um... Okay, so if you could travel anywhere in the world, one alone, two with a partner, and three with your best friends, what would you do? Where would you go? Mm. Alone. So I've done I've done a lot of traveling alone. In the last year, um, Aruba and Stockholm, Sweden, were my alone trips. I'm going to Aruba on Friday. <sighs> Bye. Oh. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Namaste. Come on back. Maybe. <laughs> um, alone, I would have to go with 
somewhere that I can just explore freely. So maybe that would be, I don't know, maybe that's like Iceland. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think cool. I'd be cool with Iceland. Mm-hmm. friend that's there now, it looks amazing. I'd love to do like Reykjavik and, and get out in the country. Um, with a partner, I'd have to go like Maldives, mm-hmm. like send me somewhere where there's a lot of loving um, potential. And then with a best friend, uh, this is my nod to my one of my best friends, Jackie. We went to Ireland together in college. And so I'd love to go with friends back to Ireland and do Scotland as well. And just like have a really good time. Drink a lot of Guinness. <laughs> um, amazing. What about you, Nicole? Um, Hmm. Alone, I'd have to say I would go back to Moab, Utah. I've been there with people, but I would want to do it alone. I think it's like one of the most spiritual places on the planet. It's just so cool. It's like truly silent and clear. I don't know. It's just one of those amazing places. I'd love to go alone and just sit on top of one of the arches and take it all in. I'm fortunate enough that I've been to Utah. I haven't been to that piece, but I was at a spot, like a Red Mountain spot. So, Mm. right, were you there? No. No. So it's it's like when you're out there, it's so vast, and then you realize you're sitting at what was once the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know, it was a very, like, unexpected place for me. It was somewhere, like, I had to go for a work trip, and I didn't want to leave once I was there. So I would go back there alone. They have a lot of shoes there. <laughs> yeah. We were doing a photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and the with... dog sent you. <laughs> <laughs> the good old shoe dogs. They don't do the hiking part. Um, with partner, yeah, I'd have to agree with something like warm and... Remote. Remote and all-inclusive and just keep the drinks coming. <laughs> yeah. I'd go to like St. Lucia or like St. Kitts or one of the Caribbean islands and just do nothing. And then... With a friend, I don't know. You do something like I don't know, London or or Paris or I don't know, just one of just a fun city. Just have like a fun adventure with a girlfriend. Good yeah. answers. I want to go now. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and this is Jamie's favorite. question. My favorite question, and we talked, we alluded to it already, and it's a good way to wrap up. Just because I'm so inspired by your brand, and I love shouting on the rooftop about brands that I love, even if I'm like have nothing to do with the brand. I just, like, tag them and shout at them. Probably just getting into a magazine by accident. Yeah, like, I'm that person. (laughs) I'm just like, um, what is your current brand crush? Is there a brand that you're just, like, super into? Or the the way they're doing things or the way that... The way that she's showing up is pretty phenomenal. Um, Bandu, Mm -hmm. the founder, the owner, um, has just written a book about her struggle with depression. And uh, I have to pre-order it. I'm super psyched to get it. It comes out in like March. Um, but Bandu is just, it's all about just brightness and fun and self-expression and supporting yourself in really beautiful, colorful ways. And the whole brand is just mm-hmm. like, you want to eat it. <laughs> all <laughs> delicious. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I, this is a really hard one for me to admit because I've always been the anti-Kardashian but the way Good American is mm-hmm. just crushing it, their um, their marketing and it's it's real, but it's still sexy. Mm-hmm. And I actually I haven't purchased a piece from them, but everyone I talk to says it fits great, and they're obsessed with their jeans. And 
I got to say, like, they're just kind of killing it. I mean, obviously, she started on third base, good old Chloe, so mm-hmm. she didn't have that upward trajectory. But I, I think the just the way they're talking to their consumers and the, the visual aspect that they're using right now, it's pretty spot on. So I love it. I... We might have to edit this piece. I'm almost <laughs> certain that our client is the one that's doing that work. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yep. Interesting. I, uh, yeah, and they're doing and they're doing great work. And I and in all fairness, they didn't come from. They actually come from that. This, if if I'm correct, mm-hmm. um, they come from an athleisure background. Hmm. And they got the line. They got the line. Hmm. And they were doing. Um, this particular line as yes. like a, they got the license and it was such a refreshing thing for them to get the license because it was really not what they typically yeah. were doing like licenses are usually shopped out by yeah you know the major companies mm-hmm. similar to the ones you work mm-hmm, for but mm-hmm. in apparel anyway yeah and i think you know it's a good way to wrap because i think if it just goes to show like just like you said a million times you're not alone there's always opportunity to grow we're still inspired by other brands doing it different, better, cooler, awesomer than us. Um, you know, and Marissa and I like to say that all the time is that, you know, we're only like being inspired by what other. Well, I hate to bring it back to women all the time, but, you know, we've kind of bashed the man the whole time. But <laughs> um, but I do feel like staying inspired by other brands that are doing super cool things. And, and what we get to do and we're so fortunate to get to do is sit down with them and talk to them about some brands that we're crushing on like when you guys reached out like that was a huge win for us mm-hmm. because for us we'd love to sit down with a company like yours another female owned company that is doing something really awesome and we're just so thrilled that you were here today honored. and honored to have you and and so awesome to hear your stories um and you know if i was going to say what my brand crush was you know i was going to say my bubba cup which is i think i may have said once before but you know, there's a lot of water cups out there that th- that keep things cold. Um, there's no better cup than the Bubba Cup. I'm just saying that. Like, I have no affiliation to Bubba Cup. You get it at Target. It's not a Yeti. It's not a Swell. Like, my ice is cold. It's gross. But sometimes I, like, keep it just to see, like, how long the ice will t- <laughs> last. Like, from, like, two days ago, the ice is still cold. Like, it's crazy cold. And um, I'm obsessed with cold water. So... Um, actually, shameless plug got a tea put on there for Tootsie, but and our Dreamcatcher sticker on the back. <laughs> Perfect canvas for our awesome stickering. I have to get a shared universe one on here, Ming. Um, but this is a great cup that I'm obsessed with, Bubba Cup. Do you have a brand crush, Marissa? That you want to wrap on? I don't know. I um, I like love a lot of things. I just am like undercover about it. Like I, not because I don't want to promote. I just don't think it doesn't come to the front of my mind that much. But I will say, um, your planner. Yeah, but it's not this one, which is funny. <laughs> um, I do love it. I have a. You know what? I'll give her a shout. It's a, it's a called the Day Designer. So I run multiple lives. That's my <laughs> my tragic flaw. I have um, a very busy personal mom life. And then I have choice. And I made the decision this year, Clarity, year two, because uh, it needed more than just one year. Um, I separated my planners, work, home. And I have to tell you something, kind of next level, because it was getting combined. I'm directing at you. Um, because when you do a lot of things, 
it's just really noisy and I couldn't, I can't figure out when to prioritize and I don't know what to do first. I'm still working on like my reminders on my phone, which is a real, real chronic issue. I don't talk about it out loud. Um, but I, I feel. She uses her reminders as like a to do I don't need the whole world to know. Um, but the, the point is I have two planners and the day designer is my gorgeous, happy, colorful planner. Um, because I still like to write everything down. I also find with mental wellness and my sensitivities and all the things and that I definitely struggle with, when I write down, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And um, because also in what I do for a living, there is no end. I can't ever be done. Um, so I can't ever cross something out. I get a lot of um, personal validation by crossing. So even though the day designer is gorgeous, I do definitely use a black, I use one particular pen only, and I cross out, and then when I'm done with my day, I tear it out. Not because I'm not appreciative of the day, because I want a clean start for the next one. And I roll all of my stuff over from one day to the next, which takes probably a poor use of my time, but it's I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Well, I, and, think, I anyway. think, if nothing else, what I, what I learned today... We're all the same? Yeah, we're all the same. <laughs> I love to connect dots and bring people together, so thank you for being here. And um, shout out to Meredith Pally, who her daughters who was just a guest a couple of months ago her daughter started an amazing organization called donate to dance and i actually just was had the pleasure of introducing them to k deer and there's going to be a beautiful partnership there so um we started the conversation with them but i just wanted to shout them out because they're doing such a cool thing and to be able to bring people together that were former Dreamcatchers guests is a huge win for me and a I look forward to working for with you guys again on, on like Absolutely. 75 yeah. le- levels, including like, <laughs> let's just do a quick yoga class like right now. Yeah, like <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having, Thank you for having us. us. Thanks, Ming. Great. Thanks, Thanks Maris. Thank you. Thank you.